The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Bob, real ones. Logan Murdoch here. Raja Bell there. Raja, we have a guest who is a legend turned to the show. Um, and he's really, really, really ready to bring his American University propaganda here, especially yeah. after... <laughs> On the heels of the American Eagles beating the Georgetown Hoyas. Oh. He's ready to go. We whipped that ass. Tell Coach you and we <laughs> yeah, whipped that ass. <laughs> yeah. It's David yeah. Alders in the motherfucking building. What's up, David? How you doing, bud? I am excellent, man. My Eagles have won five straight. We we were good, man. We got Y'all a shot. We, DA. we okay. might actually be decent this year, Roger. Yeah, hey, listen, man. I, I grew up a Hoyas fan, but I'm not, hey, it's it's been some slim years here, man. So I, yeah, I say go get yeah. it. If y'all can it's get it, get tough. it. It's been tough. It's been tough. Wait, 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 wait. I got a question. Yeah. For you guys. I got a question for you guys right now. We we know that uh DA is in the in the DC area, and we know that Raja is a is a is a very big Miami uh, the U fan, right? He's a big Miami fan, right? Sure. Is Georgetown the U of college basketball? Oh, that's not a bad comp, actually. I mean, it was. It's not anymore, but it was. I think that's yeah. a very good comp. Back in the 80s, it was. Sure. Yeah, that's pretty sure. interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, more like they fall, they're great at a time and they've fallen from grace. All, and they have not, and they've been using the past propaganda to get back, is what I'm saying. Uh, uh, well, it, it's not helping. I mean, and I don't mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be mean because I know Pat's got a tough job up there, but this is tough. You know, it's hard to it. To look at how long it took Indiana to get back after Bobby Knight left. I mean, it took a long time. Now, it looks like looks like Woody's got the thing rolling again, but it took a long time to, when you follow a legend. It's going to take. I'm telling you, it's going to take Duke a minute. Okay, it's just going. It just doesn't. You don't replace Coach K. You don't replace John Thompson. You know they're larger than life. And to your point, I mean. 
the similarities are very, very apt because Georgetown became a national program, just like the U became a national program, you know, with a national following. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good, good, good call, Logan. Um, it is. And you know, you know what? It, it's hard to do too. Dia. It's hard when, when, you know, you're following that legend or those legends and, yeah. um, that next generation of kid doesn't, doesn't see the success. Like I'm dealing with this to some degree with my son, DA, not to hearken it back, but like, I love the U and he's, yeah. you know, becoming a recruitable high school player. Yeah. And the U has had, we go to home games, like we have season tickets. They just haven't been relevant in a way that would make him feel the same yeah. sort of, you know? And so it's, it's really, it's a difficult thing because now that kid who would have like Raja Bell would have died to go to Georgetown. Right. You know, his <laughs> right. sons yeah. might not. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. No, they, you know. that's right. That's right. And you got to give, you know, other programs that, that have, I think, you know, this Roger, I mean, you have, when you have kids who are, who, who excel at anything, like you have to let them run their own race. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can't be about, well, go to my, go to your old man's school, you know, like they just, it just doesn't work. You know, they yeah. have to go where they want to go and do what they want to do. So, um, but yeah, there's no doubt. And even in DC, I mean, Georgetown's just not, what it used to be in terms of having all the attention this time of year. Well, right. it wasn't all, it was always Georgetown and Maryland. Those were the two schools that always were kind of um, clashing and, and had all the, all the juice and all the attention because Maryland had a, had a really good run, you know, even before, before Gary got there and then sent, you know, and Gary won a national championship and all that. But, but even, you know, over that 2025, cause lefty had a role in there too. I mean, they were top five when lefty, when I was a kid. So, um, so it's it's always, but Georgetown was always in the discussion for twenty years, and now they're not anymore, and it's 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 sad, you know, because it's got such a great history and, and pedigree, and so many great players came through there, including Patrick, for that man, you know, especially Patrick, Patrick. Yeah. you know, he's the one who put him <laughs> yeah. on the map, really. So, you know, but that it happens, it's cyclical. Um, speaking of DC teams trying to cling to relevancy, let's talk about the Washington Wizards, Raja. Yeah. And DA. DA, he's getting really good at those, man. His he, transitions are really segues. <laughs> Listen, I'm in a bag. I'm in a bag. I've been in a bag this season, DA. I can't hold you. Um I want to talk about the Wizards specifically. I was in a I just I remember when the Wizards kind of went on their, their they had a, a good little start this season. And by good start, they, they started 2-0 and and then, you know, started 10-7. <laughs> yeah. And I remember hitting someone, um, you know, who, who who would be in the know around there. And I was like, yo, the, are, the, are the Wizards going to the, just jokingly tongue-in-cheek. I was like, are the Wizards going to the Eastern Conference Finals? What the fuck? <laughs> like, what's going on? What's, what's popping? And, and they were like, the, the text I got back was, just you wait. They are going yeah. to find themselves back back, <laughs> at, back into mediocrity. And then right now, they are 11 and 11 after, um, after a loss to the, to the Nets. I know their offseason was basically, you know, Bradley Bill stayed. We're going to figure out how they're going to play. He's going to play alongside uh, Porzingis. What's your report card right now on, on the Wizards right now? And why, why are they the team that seems to just perpetually be in the middle and is there hope for for the wizards going forward they're perpetually in the middle because they're they they choose to be in the middle <laughs> that's that's what they, <laughs> it's from ownership on down they choose to be in the middle you know ted leonsis who owns the team famously said a few years ago that he will never tank he said in fact he said we will never ever 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 tank forevers right <laughs> um so okay 
if you're not going to tank, which is a decision, and I'm not saying you're wrong to have that philosophy because tanking involves a lot of losing. Losing is hard on a franchise. It's hard on a fan base. There's no guarantee that you're going to win after you stop losing. I mean, just it took Philly a minute and it took OKC is still trying to come out of that and Houston's still trying to come out of that. It's not easy. But if you're not going to tank, then you have to, if you're trying to win, go get some free agents that can help you win. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's Mm -hmm. no middle ground here. But they're trying to find this middle ground where they kind of do it incrementally and get a little bit better every year, add a little more talent every year, which they have done over the last three years. But to your point, what does it mean? Where are they? And I still don't think that they are a serious contender in the Eastern Conference. I mean... The teams that are serious in, in the, the teams that are always serious in basketball are <laughs> the teams that guard people, that defend yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And the Wizards still aren't there yet. They're better than they were. They're trying to do more. Wes Unsell comes from a place in Denver that had a great defense, had great defensive metrics and was the, you know, the defensive coordinator with Mike Malone. Michael Malone, sorry, coach. <laughs> I guess I'm to say Mike. Um, but they're not there yet, you know. Now, part of that is injuries. DeLon Wright was was helping him a lot early in the season. He got hurt. He's been out for a month now with a hamstring. But part of it is just your roster construction. Like, the 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 best defender they have is Chris Topps Porzingis. And I'm by a lot actually, <laughs> that now the right is not on the floor. Like he is by far, if you look at the advanced numbers on 538 and all those places, he's actually quite good at the rim. Like he really is good at the rim. Like his defensive numbers are, are really good, but he shouldn't be your best defender. That's the whole point. Like, you know, it's, right. and so they're not getting that night in, night out commitment to defense. Like they, they played Minnesota the other day. The, the game that Cat got hurt. And they came out hot, and KP made like four threes in the first five minutes of the game, and they looked, they put 38 up in the first quarter. And then it was just your turn, my turn. It was just trading mm-hmm. baskets for three quarters. Like there was no, let's stop these guys. Let's, let's end this game now. <laughs> let's, right. let's have an easy second half. If we play hard defense for six minutes, we can get these guys out of here, and everybody can rest mm-hmm. in the second half. But instead, it's just trade basket, your turn, my turn. And then they wound up, it's not like Minnesota got back in the game, but they didn't, it should have been a 40-point blowout and wound up winning by like nine. You know what I mean? And that's what they do. That's their MO is that they don't really put the pedal to the metal down defensively and get stops when they need to. And until they start doing that, until that becomes who they are, I don't know that they're ever going to be anything more than, you know, Okay, 40 wins, 42 wins, 45 wins. There's Look, guys, there's one team in the NBA that hasn't had a 50-win season in the last 40 years. 40. <laughs> 40 years. And a 50-win season ain't, isn't even all that. That's just kind of like the baseline for a yeah. good team. <laughs> like, right, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, do you think Pop is like, wow, we won 50 games. Let's have a parade. <laughs> you know, like, that's not <laughs> No, that's just yeah. kind of like, that's at minimum what you have to do to be a legit team is win 50. And they ain't won 50 games since 1979. Yeah, that, yeah that's that's nuts. And it's, look, Logan, I say it on here all the time, and that stuff starts from the top. I think you said it off the bat, DA. Like, that's a decision. That's a 
That's above a, a player's head. Yes, you've you've made an organizational decision to be in that space. I do think I agree with you that their roster. I think it's 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 trending. I think they're moving pieces and trying to get to a place. I can see the vision. I always talk about this roadmap from getting from this place we're talking about DA as a franchise mm. to where you're trying to go. And as you move around the pieces, I got to see the plan start to materialize in front of me, like with your, with your roster construction, I, I can at least see the first steps of that. Here's my question though. And I, I, I love Bradley Beal. I, I think yeah. he's great. And I almost feel guilty asking the question, but I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't. Or is that, is, is that the number one piece on a team that's perennially a 50 win team for a stretch of time that has a window of, of time to win a championship? Like with his, mm-hmm. with his skill set. I don't know him, mind you, like, and I'm yeah. not, I'm asking because I haven't been around him. Um, I, his talent and his production kind of speaks for itself, but there's a lot more that goes into that. You know that, DA. Like sure, that's not just sure. a skill set role. Is he yeah. is he built like that? I would. Here's what I would say about about Brad. I would say like it's very hard. You know this. Only elite wins in the NBA. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Only elite. Not not really good. Not all star. <laughs> right. Not even all NBA. No elites. Like you got to be top five guy, <laughs> you know, you yeah. have, and he's, and I don't even think Brad would say he's a top five guy in this league. Right. Fair. So, so he's, a, I think he will be a great number two. He would be a really great number three. Um, you'd be real living really large if he was your number three, but he could, but if you're number two, he would be fine. Right. I think. And again, they play, they got within a game of the Eastern conference finals with Bradley Beal and John Wall, with peak John Wall, with John Wall playing at his best, being, if not top 10, maybe a top 15 player those two years when he was healthy. Um, and I think that's the that's the model. Now, is Porzing- can Porzingis be that guy? I mean, I don't think so, probably. Um, but so they need to make, I think they're a trade short. You know what I mean? Like they need to make sure. one more trade to get a really dynamic, player to play alongside KP and Brad and then maybe you run it back with that group and see how far you can go. What's hurt them is that their drafts have not been that good the last few years. Been, I, what, what I mean by that is that they've taken a bunch of high floor, low ceiling guys like Rui Hachimura. He's a good player. He's not bad. Denny Avdia, he's not bad. He's okay. But he's not. But there's no great there. I don't see any great. You right. know, And so that if you take a guy in the draft in the top 10, well, they could have taken Halliburton. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> and they didn't do it. So that's that's the kind of mistakes that I think keep them back, have held them back. You brought up Bradley Beal. And I can't think of a more, uh, talking about last summer, I can't think more of a, like a, a, a a non-inspired re-signing of a superstar in a long time or, or, or a really good all-star in a long time. Like, what is Brad Beal's relationship with the city and and how what what is inspiring for him, both him and the team for him coming back at that point in time, right? Because there were mm-hmm. other times where he could have, have, me and Raja have begged him to just ask for a trade and get up out right. of there and just, right. and, 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 and see what else the the, uh, the league has to offer. I know there was interest with the Warriors. I know there was interest uh, sure. in other places around the league. Mm-hmm. 
how is this marriage going to work going forward, right? Is he just content with staying in D.C. for the rest of his career? Or is it, what, what, is, what is the future of Brad Bill in D.C.? I, I, I give Bradley credit for this. He could have, as you said, it would have been very easy for him to ask out. You know, I give, I respect Bradley Beal because he's not asking out <laughs> because he, because he wants to make it work here. He wants to be the focal point of a championship team in DC. And very few guys in his position would, would agree to that. Would want to be that guy. Would want to be, um, what's the, Cal Ripken, you know, in Baltimore, play your whole career for one team. Ain't too many guys that really are trying to do that, you know? Now, why is he, you know, let's not be, let's not be naive. He got a quarter billion to stay. Okay? The bag. <laughs> come on. Come on, come on. Yeah, we're securing Fair. the bag. You know what yes. I mean? Like, come on. So, and I'm not hating on him for that, by the way. I do the same thing, you know? So, so that's a, that was definitely at, at front of mind when it came to making his decision. Um, so I'm not going, I can't hate, I can't hate on Brad for wanting to do it. Um, I think the team, I have said this and written this, that they, they should have traded him two years ago. The team should have done that because that would have, that would have been the time they could have gotten a whole bunch of possibly high draft picks, maybe a couple of young players and they could have restarted you know, they could have started a rebuild, a real right. one, you know, and they chose not to do that because, I mean, honestly, I think the owner wants to make, just be good enough to make the playoffs every year. I think that's his goal. Like, okay. I mean, that's a strategy. That's a goal, but it's not, it wouldn't be my goal if I owned a team. Yeah. You know, I would want to try to win a championship, you know, because you have, you know, what's the point otherwise? Why are we doing this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, so, but, but Brad wants to try and make it work here. The team is better. It's way better than it was two years ago. Yep. Um, what now the problem is, what do they do next summer? Because both Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma can opt out and, and I'm sure they will opt out. Why wouldn't they opt out? Right? So now you got to decide, are we going to pay luxury tax on a team whose ceiling is maybe the second round? You know, maybe. It's a big you know, maybe. They could, they could win around if things went right and broke right. But after that, I mean, they're not, this is not a conference finals or finals level team. It's like I said, they don't have the guy. You yeah, know, yeah. they don't have John ja Morant here. He's not here. <laughs> like, just my opinion. <laughs> I don't think they have him, you know? So, um, so how do you, and it's hard to get one of those guys. It's really hard to get one of those guys. So, um, that's where I think they are. But I, but I, I really do, I, I do not, hate on Brad at all for being loyal. I think loyal is an admirable thing, and I respect the fact that he wants to stay here and try to make this work here. We talked about Brad a lot, and I, I've kind of, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I said similar things to DA in that regard. Like, look, I respect the dude for standing there saying, I, I think we can make this work. I think that the organization will get it right. I certainly respect the dude for getting the bag, like, and making sure that you've secured, you know, legacy and, 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 and all of that kind of stuff for the family and, and uh generational type of shit. Sure, um, sure. I just were, you know, there's, there, you, you sit back, like, you know, I'm 10 years removed now and not, I wouldn't say regrets, but, you know, looking back gives you a different perspective on man. Like that window was a lot shorter than I thought it was, yeah. you know, you thought it was going to be open for forever. It felt like forever when you were in it and then sitting back 10 years removed from it, it went like that. And yeah. what, what would I have done differently in my way of signing things or taking opportunities, you know? And that's always interesting because 
I do believe him to be really super talented, and I think I think you're right. I think he's. I think if you put if you put him and Porzingis as your two A and two B or two and three, right? And, you know, now we're cooking. But I, I think you're kind of going to be stuck in that same spot, and I. That's just an interesting thing to, you know. I hope Brad Beal finds a way at some point to be on a team, whether it be in Washington or somewhere else, where he can say, "Hey, we really have a viable shot at this." I agree. Um, and like I said, they got to make another trade, and I don't know that they have. I don't know that they have the inventory to make. They that don't have trade. the pieces. They don't have the pieces. I mean, to get yeah. it, you're giving up one of one of the two we're talking about, right, and then exactly. you know, so like, if you trade Porzingis for a great play, well, where are we? We're back to where we were five years ago. You know, like so. Yeah, it's di- and it's difficult. And, and again, that's why you have to hit on the draft. You have to get that guy in the draft. Cleveland isn't Cleveland if they don't get Mobley. That changes everything. Yep. But they got Mobley. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. But you have to hit on somebody who's on a rookie contract for five years mm-hmm. that allows you to build around him when he's not really making that much money. You know what I mean? So that's the problem. That's been the problem. That's why I thought they should have, I, I mean, it, I'm not, doesn't make me especially smart. I just said this last summer was y'all got to go all in to get up into this top three. Yeah. You got to do yeah. whatever you have to, to get one of these top three guys in the draft, you know? Um, and now it's too late. They're pl- they they win too many games. They can't tank now. You know they're not. Yeah. They're not going to get Wembenyaya. You know, like so. Yeah. So you're you're kind of stuck now. You know, unless you move up to get two and get Scoot Henderson, which you you know he's he's legit. Um, but you have to put a lot of you'd have to trade a lot of pieces to do that. When when I think we talked about this, you know, pre-pod da. Um, but when I think about DC, like. It's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful yep. area. It's yep. great in the West. Great, great East Coast city. Phenomenal. It is this city a player away from being like a you know just coming all out for hoop? Like are, are they are Don't they a, is is DC a sleeping yeah. giant? Like I feel because everywhere else I think I think about Dematha. I think about yeah. we just talked about Georgetown. I think about I the whole DMV area, dog. That's it. They, no. Can I, I'm is, so hard, sorry, DA, because this is no, your home. No. So let me, but let me, having played in every level of hoop coming up, yeah. you always, some of the best hoopers at every level, some of the thirstiest, most like uh, basketball hungry, steeped in tradition type of players from the ground, literally the black top up, yeah. come from that damn yeah. area, bro. They That's where Ooh. they come from. Come on, man. If you put a if you put an all star team full of dudes from the DMV, yeah, like I, I will put that team against anybody, just anyone. Like, well, well it, our starting forwards are, are Kevin Durant and Elgin Baylor. Who are yours? <laughs> 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 That's who we're rolling out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, man. So, so you know, so um, yeah, no, no. Come on, this is a this is a basketball town. It's always been a basketball town. I've always said that, written it, said it as loudly and as often as I can, because it's the truth, because people got caught up in the team that was known as the Redskins back then, um, thinking that it's a football town. And it's not. There's no football tradition here. People love that one team (laughs) because they Mm -hmm. were successful. Um, But there's no, I mean, there's good high school football here, but nothing compared to Georgia and Texas and Florida is not even close, right? There's no college football tradition of any kind in DC. None, none. And there's, you know, the, but compared that to basketball, you mentioned my alma mater, DeMatha Catholic High School, as Father James insists on every time. (laughs) You know, and the history, not just, not just DeMatha, but Spingarn, 
where, you know, where, where, uh, Sherman Douglas played and where, sure. you know what I mean? And where so many great players played over the years in the century, you know, going back into the day, day, so many guys and, and McKinley and, and St. John's and Paul the sixth now and the Catholic leagues and the, and the DC public schools. There's just, you know, Dave Bing, that's who I was trying to think of, played at Spingarn, Hall of Famer back yeah. in the day. About Dunbar, um, those schools. Dunbar, you know. Yeah. And then you talk about college basketball, and you talk about Georgetown and Maryland, you know, mm. being top five schools every year, you know, yeah. and even GW made the Elite Eight once. You know, yeah. uh, you know, my little school has the last guy to average 20 and 20, Kermit Washington, who played in the NBA. <laughs> NBA player for many years. So even a little school like mine had an NBA player go there, you know? So yeah. it's, and then the bullets were great. When I was a kid, they made four finals in 10 years, you know? So it's always been a ba basketball. I've always said there's three, three NBA cities. If they get it right, guys will do anything to play there. Atlanta, mm. Washington, Golden State. That's <laughs> it. If you unlock them, it's, it's going to be a gold mine. You're going to print money. Golden State unlocked it, right? <laughs> they figured it out. And they're playing in a $2 billion arena as a result. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the task for Atlanta's kind of get on the way there. And Washington's not there yet. But if they ever figure it out, it's going to be ridiculous here. Oh, man. I, I hope I hope for, for D.C.'s sake. Let's take a quick break. I want to talk about the changing in the Garden NBA when we get back. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. Looking to get more out of this NBA season? Well, now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to touchdown scores to over-under yards. I mean, there's only one game on Thursday night, and you know me. I'm always going to take the over. So I'm going to take the over on the Mavericks-Pistons money line. Um, over over is 220. I'm cool with those odds with Luka out there. Pistons team is fun, dude. They're really fun. You guys should go check them out. Cade Cunningham. So I'm taking the over on that game. And you can do all of that with the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You can include core markets, the spread, 
You can also have player props. Like I said with Luca, I think he's going to have the over on his with points. And um, plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Also, some news for you. FanDuel is now live in Maryland. All my partners living in Maryland. Make sure you get on the action with great offers boosts just for you. So don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in free bets when you join FanDuel with promo code RINGERNBA. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states, first online real money wager only refund issued as a non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com backslash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 5 3342 Arizona 18-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9 with it Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 18770-STOP Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org Maryland 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 New York, 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia. Hey Logan, it's Rob Harvilla from 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. It's come to my attention that you and I share Kerm as a producer which makes us podcast mortal enemies now. Uh, So fuck you. But before I go, I just wanted to ask you who you think the Cavs finals MVP will be and why is it Seti Osmond? And we are back. So I'm watching, I'm perusing the, 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 uh, I'm perusing NBA TV and I'm perusing, you know, just, just basketball last night, DA. And, uh, you know, I just see two, Great performances from Deep Book and, and yeah. uh, Jason Tatum. Just yep. incredible. And this is something that me and Roger talk about on the show a lot. But just like, it feels like we're, we're, we're in the midst of a changing of the guard, right? And mm-hmm. this happens a few times. Um, you know, it's happened a few times in the NBA. I think like the biggest, you know, 84 is one of those, those swing points, obviously. I think yeah. post-lockout um, in 99 is, an, is another kind of inflection point. Where do you where do you think we are as a league right now uh, in the NBA? Are are we because you know the the, the KDs and the and the, uh, and the and LeBrons are, are beginning to phase out? Sure, sure, sure. And yeah. it seems like we're we're who who are the the next guys that you're seeing and where are we at as a league right now? Where 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 do you where do we think are we in this transformational phase? Where, where do you where do you see it? Oh, I th- I think the league, I think the quality of play is better than it's ever been. Like, I don't think it's even close, you know, and I'm, you know, I revere the old days. I revere the, you know, I prefer the ga- the times when people actually hated each other. I like that. <laughs> you know, And we punch each other and get in fights. I like that. I love that era. That's, but that's how I, that's what I grew up with, you know? So yeah. I, I respect this era. I respect what these guys are doing. You know, you know this, I mean, you guys, both of you guys know this. I mean, Steph's the most amazing player i've ever seen <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's amazing you know and even he's what 34 now so he's kind of on the other side of it so but but the you know the new generation next generation look i mean whether Giannis, whether it's Giannis or or book or or tatum or ja you know or luca i mean the these guys are ridiculous man they're so good you know it's 
So the, the, the talent level has never been better in this league. Um, I, I think the league is in great hands. I think it's in great shape. You know, I think, I do still think it's important that the Lakers and the Celtics and the Knicks and, you know, and the big, biggest market teams, I think it's important that they're good. I do think it's important. Um, mm-hmm. it, it helps, uh, but it's not necessary. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people, it's different now. The world's, you know, the, every, because of social media and everything, it doesn't really even matter where you are anymore. You know what I mean? Like, so if Memphis gets to a NBA finals, I don't think people are going to lose their minds and go, you know, it's just like when Phoenix and Milwaukee were in a couple of years ago, it was a great finals. People loved it. It was terrific mm-hmm. basketball, you know? So, um, I don't think people are as parochial as they used to be when it comes to, well, uh, the big cities aren't in the finals. I'm not going to watch. They'll watch John Morant. They don't care. They're going to watch Giannis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're going to watch yeah. those guys no matter where they're at, you know? And if, as you know, if Shea Gilgis, if LKC ever gets good, they're going to watch Shea Gilgis because he's nice. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like he's really nice. So um, that I think the league from that standpoint is in really good shape. You know, my, my issues with the league are more about the things that they think they have to do to kind of gin up interest, you know, like mm. in-season tournaments and the play-in tournament and all that stuff, which I really, yeah. I really don't like. Because, you know, I, I I just, to me, what's the point of playing 82 games if everybody gets into the playoffs? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what, what was the point then? Why don't you just start, why don't you just have an 82-game playoffs then? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, the, you play the regular season to eliminate the mediocre teams. That's the whole point of the regular season. Because <laughs> so, yeah. once you get to the playoffs, it's supposed to be the best teams in the league playing against each other. So. Um, I don't think the play, I think the play in tournament works against that, that kind of argument. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not for it, but I understand because it keeps more fans interested and the, you know, the more teams get in and the ratings go up and I get it. I agree with DA again. The league has never been as skilled as it is right now. The quality of play across the board, like from, from the top of your roster through the, through the mit, the meat in the middle of it down to the, to the last guy, never been as skilled ever as it is right now. And that, you know, for a, for a viewer um, who's who's grown up watching the style of play that's on display now, like, you you need that. You didn't necessarily need that when, when DA's talking about being a huge fan and when I came up because there weren't too many dudes that were out in space with the ball doing it. So, like, you could get away with having two dudes who could do it. Yeah. But because of the style of play now, everybody's got to do it and they do. Like, the league is in great hands in that regard. It's just going to be fascinating for me, like, all of those names that you just talked about. I mean, Giannis has one already, but who's going to grab that shit? Yeah. Like, yeah. Who's, who's going yeah. to come out and win, win it, put a chip on the table and yeah. then, you know, double down and try to get, like, th- that's going to be interesting to watch over the next few years. Who Who's the first to that, to the table with that? I, I, it's hard to not think it's going to be Tatum, man, the way they're yeah. playing. <laughs> yeah, they're tough. Dude, and they're not even playing good defense yet. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, yeah. This, yeah. this is all offense. This is historic offense that they're just, bludgeoning people when they get locked in defensively as we've seen them do we know they can do it oh my lord (laughs) (laughs) well uh, it's interesting with tatum because you know me and you both were at the finals this year da where where tatum it seemed like he was coming of age time will play it out but it seemed like oh this is the time where he gets hits gets punched in the chest and he's figuring himself out do you think he's about to take that next step in terms of like, yo, this is my conference. Like, this is going to be between me and Giannis for the next 10 years. This is this is us. I mean, I always think, and and Roger would know much better than, than you or I, I just always think 
the, the crucible of the playoffs, you either learn and, and, and get even meaner and tougher or you fade away. I don't think there's any middle ground. <laughs> and so when you play at that level and you're playing against, you know, champions like Draymond and Steph and Clay, champions, and they come into your place and Steph drops, drops it on you, gives you the good night. <laughs> You either learn from that and get meaner <laughs> and tougher or you go away. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they came in and said, oh, no, 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 no. Y'all, y'all ain't champions yet because you got you ain't beat us yet. You know what I mean? And that's how they, that's how they rolled in there. Well, there's nothing like, there's nothing like when a team celebrates in your building. That's what there's we're nothing, <laughs> there's nothing like yeah. it, bro. So when you got to see it at city. Yeah. And I think, I think Jason le- was like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Okay. I got you. I got you. And I think he will learn from that. And I think they will, you know, and you never know about injuries. That's, that's always what happens. It's always the, the, the healthier team in the playoffs and in the finals that, that winds up winning it 90, 95% of the time. But if Boston's healthy, man, I mean, let's give him, I give Milwaukee a, a pass because we ain't really seen Middleton yet and he changes their whole calculus. Sure. Also right. Giannis, man. Giannis. Well, no, I mean Giannis. Giannis is Giannis is Giannis. He's great. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying as a team, the Bucks become a championship team when Chris Middleton's playing at his best. 100 percent You know what I mean? Like like he did during the finals a couple of years ago. You know, yeah. like so um so those two teams to me are clearly head and shoulders above everybody else in the East. That's uh that Jason Tatum thing, I think I do think, and we've had that conversation before, Logan, about him. And the playoffs, what what you wanted to see from him, you know, we had that. What should he be working on? What does this mean for him? And we had talked about, you know, the natural arc of a of a young superstar, and having to face the hurdles, the, the MJ thing with the Pistons and the and the Celtics, and understanding what that what that looked like moving forward, what he had to adjust and and change in his regimen to be prepared for it. And you know, you can see that in Jason Tatum. I mean, Jason Tatum is a star, but. You look at his game. I mean, he's shooting more free throws per night. Um, he's shooting a higher field goal percentage. Like there, there, there are little micro changes and adjustments that he's making in his game. That if you're really watching him, they're going to bear fruit mm-hmm. in the playoffs. There now, whether that gets him over the hump this year or not remains to be seen. But the fact is, it's learning. Like he yeah. didn't go away. To Da's point, like he's back, thirty-one and a half a game. Like yo, you beat me. Fuck it. Yeah, like that's yeah. you beat me. I wasn't ready for it, but I went back to the drawing board. And, um, you know, that, that's pretty cool to watch. And he's got, he's got something that, that I don't think the other ones really have to the same degree. And it's, it's that, uh, you know, that, that true roster construction around him, man, like that, Mm -hmm. that having fucking Jalen Brown, you know, I'm I'm just going to use Jalen Brown, right? Like he's got a bunch, he's got Marcus Smart, he's got all that, but having a cat like Jalen Brown, where if, and it's hard to quantify this, but if I shouldn't be on that night, he's got it. Yeah, man, that's a huge, that's a huge weight that, that if you needed to get off your chest, you could get it off your chest, right? For any given reason, you're not just carrying that around where it's all on my shoulders every night, even though he produces every night, you know, like he's got that in his back pocket in a way that some of those other youngins don't really have it. DA, what is it about also the Celtics? We all know what happened two months ago, right? you know, and this team, this is a team that is, uh, I think if you look at like their last five, six years, they've gone through like a lot of changes and also sure a lot of a lot of changes that would break 
teams, mm-hmm. right? Where you talk about even, you know, Kyrie and All-Star leaving, right. you know? And right. then also w- talk about what happened uh, with MA- the MAU Doka situation. Somehow Boston has just kind of continually just been around. We don't give enough credit to just teams that are just around throughout uh, through a lot of trials and tribulations. What is it about Boston that it just that makes them one of those teams? I want to talk about Phoenix in a second, who's right. also a team like that. But right. specifically, why is Boston like that? Well, I mean, first and foremost, they got Jason Tatum. Let's not get it twisted. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can kind of come back year after year when you have guys that good. When you like to to Roger's point, when you got two guys that good, (laughs) you know, like you don't really go away. But, but along with that, which I think is just as important, we talked about this earlier with the Wizards. They got different standards in Boston. (laughs) Okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean? Like. You go like during the finals last year, because there was just so much media, I had to sit. I had never been this high up in any arena ever. I was literally in the rafters. Oh, you were in the hockey seating too? I was in, in the, the hockey, hockey, hockey yep. press box. And dude, those banners hit you different when they're in your face. Bro. You know what Bro. I'm saying? <laughs> yes. You go, you 1957 NBA champions, 1958 NBA champions, 1959 NBA champions. That Boston propaganda is different. Dude. Them cats, that that's no joke. But I always tell people, man, when I when I first started, when I was at the Washington Post, you I, you covered everything. When I first mm-hmm. started, so one of the things they said I, we need you to go cover is the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I don't know nothing about hockey, but I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot, you know. So they said I had to go up to Montreal. So they were playing the Bruins in a in a series. Oof, shit. And I went to it's the old Montreal Forum. They got a new arena now, but this was the old Montreal Forum. Dude, they ain't got no conference championship banners up in Montreal. <laughs> they ain't got no division championship <laughs> banners up in Montreal. <laughs> Stanley Cup champions. That's it. Yep. That's all we yep. care about up here is Stanley Cup. That's all the Celtics care about is NBA championships. And that's the standard you have to live up to if you play for the Boston Celtics. So that's why they come back all the time. <laughs> that's why they're never mm-hmm. out of it. That's why the Miami Heat are always there. Because that's the standard they have. Mm-hmm. Yep. We ain't trying to make it the first round and be pleased. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's not what we do. You know, we're yeah. trying to win a chip every year. You know, and yeah. so that's why I think the Celtics consistently are there. In, in, in addition to the great talent they have, is that standard <laughs> that they are not going to accept mediocrity in Boston. When it comes to the basketball team, what that should look like uh, as a as a as a away player, Roger, when you see when you go on to see that parquet foreign and banners, bro, what that look like? You know, I was a young player. It it, it is kind of daunting, man. When you you go places like that and the Lakers, and you got some minutes pregame, and you're kind of you're always in your element and and focused on getting these jumpers up, making your making your said number of shots. What's on the clock? When do I got to get back to my locker? I probably got to talk to Da a little bit, and maybe Logan. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> You have a, 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 a daily kind of itinerary that you're that you just keep track of when you're an NBA player. But when you steal those three or four minutes when you ain't got nothing to do and you can be in a place like LA and Boston and kind of look around and it smacks you in the face, like who played on those courts, like what type of teams are 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 are, are being cheered for in those arenas. It is it is kind of overwhelming at times. I mean, you know, we all grew up as fans of the game. I grew up hating. The Celtics. Mm-hmm. I hated. I hated Larry Bird and Kevin McHale, Danny Ainge, and 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 Robert Parrish and those dudes. But 
had the utmost respect for him, right? Like, because mm-hmm. they were some cold-blooded killers. Like, they just mm-hmm. were beating my teams. So yeah. when you look up and you see those, like, it, it is, it is pretty, uh, it's pretty, pretty fascinating, man, that the, the emotions that start to course through a player, even as an opponent, um, when you're there. But I, I just think you can't overstate or understate how important the culture is. And that's what yeah. DA is ex- it, it, describing. It's the same, it's the same thing that we talk about just on the flip side when you're talking about teams like, you know, Minnesota and, you know, mm-hmm. at least Sacramento over the last five or six years as to yeah. why they don't do that. It's, right. it's because they don't have that established culture that, that, that is in place. And, and it doesn't matter who you bring in because this is from the top down. That's where it's right. established. Yeah. You, t- you talk about cultures and I wanted to get to Phoenix really quickly because they're also just like a very interesting case study in culture, right? Mm-hmm. Because they've also had their their shit in the beginning of the season and also seasons prior with uh, with their ownership. Yeah, I-, I always think about the successful Phoenix teams. They've always had a good infrastructure in spite of that. Like yeah. Sarver's always been the, the, uh, the owner of the team and Roger can attest when they were good, they had a really, really good culture. Um, and I see what's going on now. How do you feel? How do you see that they've been ever to, been able to weather that storm this season and still be a really successful ball club, one of the best in the Western Conference? It's still now like a title contender again. They're, yeah. they're right back in the mix. They were smart enough or lucky enough, however you want to phrase it, to bring in a guy like Monty Williams mm-hmm. and to bring in Chris Paul. Right? That's I mean, right. That's, that's, that's right. You talk about culture resetters. You know, these are people that come from winning organizations and Chris Paul, as you know, is, you know, the most driven, hard to play with. And I mean that in the best possible way, hard to play with guy (laughs) because he demands so much of you, you know, and, and Monty just in a different way demands so much of you in terms of always being present and always doing the right things and not skipping steps. Right. And so it's not a coincidence that they went from 30 wins you know, 25 wins with, with the same guys, <laughs> you know, book was on that team. Aiton was on that team. The same guys was on that team, yeah. <laughs> to 55, 60 wins when they brought Monty Williams and Chris Paul in, you know, you need somebody to kind of say, this isn't good enough. <laughs> what you're mm-hmm. doing isn't good enough. If you're trying to be about something in this league. And that's why, like Roger says, culture matters. And when you have bad culture, it shows. And when you have good culture, it shows. And I, that's why I don't understand why you wouldn't want to have good culture. Like it's not rocket science. You have to have <laughs> people in there who aren't ever satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. I mean, Dia, you're a parent, man, you know, you, so like, like culture, sure. Like we, you would want to have good culture, right? But yeah. you know that raising something and putting standards in place and working through goals with with your child and you know trying to game plan and map out how we're going to get there and trying to teach them to be a good human being and holding them accountable in those spaces and in those times when they fail but being consistent enough that they know that messaging isn't going to change so that you're actually raising something the right way that's not yeah. easy work no it's not so it like that that's what happens in a lot of those instances like players you can't fool a player right a co- you right. could talk that shit you could yeah, yeah. be all up in your first meeting talking about hey this is how we do it and right. we're gonna do it better and right. two weeks into that shit there are gonna be players sitting around a table <laughs> playing cards talking about boy he ain't shit man this yeah. over. you know what exactly. i mean so like you that's the hard part right it's that we they all want it but you know and it's it's i didn't mean to turn this into a brooklyn thing or or any other team but like 
that's what happens when organizations start dancing and and mm-hmm. and dipping and dodging and yes. acquiescing and doing yes. shit like that, bro. You yes. lose all credibility. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And he, even when you're doing it for the sake of, like, because you just mentioned in Brooklyn, like, even when you're doing it for the sake of trying to appease your best star, trying to do it for the sake of trying to win, that shit don't work. But you can't, but you can't do that. That's why I always, you know, you know, the, we all watched The Last Dance. And even in, you know, even though they, they sort of gave Jerry Krause his respect, they didn't really, you know. Mm. But Jerry Krause was the one guy that would tell Michael Jordan, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making that trade. I'm not doing it. And got vilified for it, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, in the back end, right? And you need somebody in the building to say, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> you know? And so, and so, and you need a coach and Phil Jackson to go, yeah, you, you know, yeah, you're great, but you ain't one shit. So, yep. <laughs> you know, you need to try something different, bro. You know, and, and, and have the respect factor that Michael acquiesced and tried to do it do something different they wound up winning six chips because of it i mean what is what is every what is every uh superstar like there's always a common thread you have to earn their respect right where by earning their respect you gotta sometimes stand up to them steve kerr is a perfect example of that right like it just you have you have to have to and that goes all the way down if there's not accountability on this pod or on this on this pod (laughs) if there's not accountability on this pod i know y'all getting to each other after the show yeah you already know (laughs) (laughs) we got a vibe there ain't accountability on this pod there ain't gonna be accountability on this pod but you gotta you gotta have that speaking of accountability though da i i I really i've been really meaning to have this conversation with you and raja um you know for the last few months or ever since we we were we're gonna have you on the show but where do you think we are in the the relationship between uh media and 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 basketball in general where do you where do you think we are in that because we're in this in this large in this stage where me and raja always talks about talk about it you know there's the there's the new media and then there's Mm -hmm. there's old media whatever however you want to slice it yeah, but it seems like specifically in the NBA, there has been a a, a disconnect between um, you know the subject matter, and I always hear stories from you and JA and and a- anyone you can you can name. Back in my day, you know, we could just <laughs> walk up to them and it was good. You know, they yeah. wanted to talk. Yeah, where are we at right now between media and player and team relations? It's you know, it's not good. It's not good. Um, it's not good in in. You know, part of the reason it's not good is that it's just generally media has been, I would say the traditional media, I'll put it that way. The traditional media has been under relentless attack for the last five, 10 years outside of the sports realm in the realm of this country mm-hmm. is that we have people have decided to vilify the media at every turn and make them literally call them the enemy of the people and say it over and over and over again. Until about, you know, anywhere from a third to a half of the country believes it, <laughs> you know. Right. And so they think any media is an enemy of the people. And anybody who want, dares ask questions of powerful people is a hater and, and just looks for clicks and isn't serious. It's, that's kind of where our culture is right now. Um, and it's permeated sports. I, I've, I've said this because I've talked to a lot of people about this over the last couple of years. I have zero problem with players taking control of their own narrative. Zero. None. Whatsoever. I'm happy when guys go on Players' Tribune. I'm happy that there's the boardroom. I'm happy that there's the barbershop. I'm glad that they're, you know, taking 
this is what I want to say, and this is how I want to say it about whatever the subject is. And that's great, okay, because they should take control of their own narratives to the extent that they can. All I ask is you not lump all of us in the same bag. And that's what happens far too often now when people critique the media. They say, the media does this. No, that person does this. And if you have a problem with that person, call them out by name. Don't put Mm -hmm. me in that bag with that person or those two people or those four people because I don't do that. Okay, I come to you, stand in front of you and say, this is what I want to ask you about. Do you want to talk about it? I have no agenda. I don't care about, you know, I I never have written a story. And I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. In 35 years, I have never sat down and go, this story is going to get a lot of clicks. Mm -hmm. And I think the vast majority of people who are in our business do not operate that way. Do some? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Some do. Well, what was the metric back, back in the day, right? Because, you know, you're asking questions and, you know, we have, I think as media members right now, we have this, the metric, which is Twitter and which is like retweets and, and, yeah. and it's engagement. Well, what was there, was there a metric to ask to be like, Hey, I got to write this story because this will get this X amount of whatever. Well, in the, you know, it was newspapers when I started, I mean, newspapers were kind of the most powerful by far in terms of you know, attention. And if a story was in a paper, it got major traction on television because, you know, at at that time, there weren't a lot of, frankly, there just weren't a lot of TV journalists, people who worked on television that were actual reporters, you know, like, and could really report a story out. There were some, but not many, you know. Um, So it was newspapers when I started, you know, and so you would, always be looking on the wire to see if there was a story written in the New York Times or the LA Times or the Chicago Tribune or the Washington Post where I work, Um, you know, because those were kind of the gatekeepers. But then television, when ESPN got big, that changed the whole, the whole game. And then ESPN became the big place, you know, and still is to a certain degree. Not, I don't think it's all, all encompassing, but certainly ESPN certainly sets a sports agenda on a daily basis. Absolutely. You know, first of all, like we we're way too as a culture now, like we're we're way too knee jerk reaction to everything. Like it's mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. and it's always got to be black or white. There's no nuance in it. There's no right. there's no room for a dialogue. And I just find like you know, th- to your point, it's not all reporters. It's it's some people, and this is me looking from afar. I haven't been in a locker room in a long time, and I I bet I'd bet if I went into a locker room, I'd I'd be disappointed in not having more of the type of reporter that was around when I played is what Mm -hmm. I'd bet because, you know, a lot of the things that probably could have gotten written all half cock, um, without, without really doing any due diligence and really asking me the question and you put out some shit and now I'm, I'm, you know, in the papers for something that, and it's, it's got this snowball effect. And now I'm up here apologizing to people. All, All of that can get sorted out one way or the other. Maybe I did run afoul and meant to do it. And maybe I didn't, but you know how yeah. it all gets sorted out by fucking having a conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, Hey man, <laughs> this is what happened. What Raj, I know DA DA comes to me. This isn't like, Hey man, this, this is a conversation like DA. Oh no, 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 no way. Hey, Hey, let me explain. Yeah. Let me explain this. Now it's up to DA to interpret and try to figure out whether he, you know, do, do with that what you will. But way too often, I think there's a segment of the people in that, in that, in that space now that mm-hmm. aren't, 
credible journalist and aren't Agreed. willing to put in the uh sweat equity. The t- yes, right, like right, the emotion, right, right, right. the the relationship building. And it's a two-way street. Like there are a lot of players that are super defensive and have these walls up and don't mm-hmm. don't give their time in a way that helps someone do their job. Right. That, so they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt either. But like I feel like just as a world, that's where we're at. I say this to my kids all listen, bro, you don't have to you don't have to like someone to 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 try to find like some common ground or to try to see where right. they're coming from. It doesn't mean we just don't talk in course. We'll, we might never know if there was some common ground. Like we got to take an opportunity to kind of talk shit out. Communication cures a lot of shit. Exactly. It's okay to have a hard conversation. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we stop get we stop we stop doing I think right now I think media or at least where we're at it's just it just seems like professional wrestling right now right where it's just like the battle of the headlines I, and we don't we don't i don't i think we read headlines more than we 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 actually read the content that is bu- oh, behind that's always been that link. oh sure that's always been the case yeah i, I did have a question for raza really quickly because me and da have, have experienced this of you know last year and the years because of the pandemic we didn't have the locker room access right uh, and we just got that this season, which honestly, DA can attest that shit was a fight. Um, <laughs> and but how important is that dynamic for what you just described, right? Where where like, yo, man, if I write some shit that you don't necessarily agree with or anything like that, me and you can have a conversation in a in a in a controlled setting. Like, wh- how important is that locker room dynamic between that for that relationship, Rob? It's integral, man. It's the foundation of the development of trust that has to be in place for there to be real like accurate storytelling and 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 shit being written like otherwise you know if i don't i don't know you bro i just see you on a zoom <laughs> and the first yeah. question you ask me is some inflammatory shit because right. you know i, I don't like I, my guard is up now i get yeah. snippy with you now you're like oh he's an asshole uh, so anytime you get a chance to slam me you're going to slam me when if you're in my locker room, I mean, you guys know this. These are intimate spaces, man. These are vulnerable. Yeah. Dudes are sitting there in towels, man. Yeah, right, right, right. Do you know what right. I'm saying? And I like, think we, yes, we got to yes. respect that more. Yes. I do think that as well. I, I think we, we have to respect respect no. that more, that it, we are coming into y'all house. Yeah. I think for the most part, like at least when I played, people did. And I'm saying this, I'm saying this as a, as a like when we're at our most vulnerable, I'm sitting there in a towel. I'm about to put my lotion on. Um if I'm going to speak to you guys in that space and give you 10 minutes, I trust you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wouldn't let a random motherfucker come and grab me right. out of the shower at my <laughs> right. house and start right, asking right. me about, bro, I don't know you. <laughs> right, right, right. Do you right. know? But, like, we've developed these relationships because you're in my locker room. Like, you're asking me about what's going on with me. I see you on the court. You're, you know, we've t- you've taken two minutes to talk to me and it ain't had nothing to do with a story you're writing about. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So like, yes, these are built relationships and what you're talking about, Logan, that face to face, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know that a player has time in a schedule or someone on the media to say, Hey, let's hop on a zoom for five minutes to chat and get to know right. each other. I'm not writing a story, you know? <laughs> yeah. So without yeah. your access, it's, it, it, it really starts to deteriorate the trust yeah. level. No, you know, one thing, Roz, I always tell young reporters when they're just starting out, put the notebook away every once in a while. Put Facts. the tape recorder away every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know Not every I mean? once in a while, bro. Like more just, than every once in a while. Just, All like sixty percent of the time. How, how are you? How you doing, man? <laughs> it's yep. like I, I ain't got nothing. I just wanted to see how you doing. That's all. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. just me and Roz. I just want to know how Roz is doing. You know, like, and so that is 
it's hard because young reporters want to make their name and they're like, I got to, you know, I got to get out of this market and go to the higher market. Right. Or I got to be at ESPN by the time I'm 25 or I'm a failure. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's, there's a lot of that in our business, mm. you know? And so it's kind of warped in that sense. Yeah. Um, right. The, the, the time I, to your point, the time I spent talking to Daryl Walker and talking to Jeff Malone and people like that when I was covering the bullets, just talking to them like people, you know, <laughs> um, and them talking to me like a person and get us getting to know each other over many years. It makes you a better reporter. I don't know why people don't get this. It makes you better because you have more empathy. I think reporters have to be empathetic. It doesn't 100%. work otherwise. Like you're just, that's stenography. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference between reporting and stenography. If I just write down what you say and put it somewhere, that's stenography. But if mm -hmm. I say, Roger said this, but here's what's going on in Roger's life that might explain why he said this. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, that makes it better. I think it makes it a better story. It, more, it, it makes it more three-dimensional as opposed to two-dimensional, mm -hmm. you know? so. Now, Raja. Yeah. Um, I got, I think me and Dia got a bone to pick with you right fast. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Oh, so, Lord. And it, it relates to this conversation. All right. Mm. Um, just full disclosure, Ra Ra was late to the, to the, to the, uh, which no, is no, no. Which no, is no, 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 three minutes, three minutes. All right, three minutes, three minutes. <laughs> I was That's waiting I mean, on my link, To be dude. fair, listen, to be fair, that is, that is really early for Rajo yes, sometimes on this occasion. But, so I'm, I'm so me and me, I'm, <laughs> so I, we see that you late and I go, I, I, I do, I give a joke to DA like, yo, we're waiting on the NBA player. <laughs> and, I, and, 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 and DA says something to this effect of what's new and then he goes into this diatribe about how Kevin Garnett left him waiting which we'll get to a second left him waiting for an hour and a half after a playoff game yep. but what I would like to know is not just me everybody but I was there he left DA he left DA you know he DA got big, big respect in these streets but um what is the other side of that ride where you keep a motherfucker waiting? You got to talk to him. You're going to talk to him as a member of the media. You as a, you know, that's, you know, yes. we already have an agreement, yes. but you take long as fuck and we have to be there on time. This is something, this is not even just you that I'm asking. I'm asking yeah. all NBA players you were the avatar for this, but like, what is the reason y'all make us wait hella long after you say, oh, I'll be there in five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, all right, listen, listen. Like, maybe I didn't fully understand. Are we talking about in my work setting, like when I'm at the arena, or are we talking about like, oh, uh, uh, talking about like after a game, pregame? After a game, like, like after a game, pregame, oh, it's all encompassing for first us. First of you all, you guys are always late to us. <laughs> I was, I mean, barely ever important enough to command you guys waiting on me, right? So, like, I would, I'm speaking for others, right? I will be the avatar for this. I think that, um, Typically, like, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys get a feel for who's who's going to be ready when, right? Like, because oh, yeah, some yeah, dudes yeah. are just yeah, going like to be Steph's, late. Steph's going to be like an hour and a half. He's going to be sure. late, right? So you start <laughs> right. to get your little schedule together. Where, but whereas what, Draymond's like 30 seconds after the game. He's ready to talk, right? Draymond right. can't <laughs> wait to talk. He's in full uniform. <laughs> right, 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 right. So <laughs> you, guys, you guys know where to kind of make your way to when right. you see. I think what, you know, happens is the human element of it dude and that's again why i think like, if it all goes back to relationships and communication like if i played really bad or or was really upset with something that happened in that game felt i disappointed a bunch of people like any of those things that could have got me 
you know, just in a really bad space that might get taken out on the media, not yeah. in terms of like being angry or confrontational or anything like that, but in terms of respecting your time, because shit, I might've had to go down in the gym and shoot an extra a couple hundred jump shots. Or, mm. you know, I might've felt like sulking. I'm a human. Like I might be in the yeah. back, like licking my wounds. I don't know. Um, but I think most guys try to do a pretty good job. And I can't speak for the KGs and the AIs and the Steves and the Kobe's who get pulled in 10 million directions. I've never lived that. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So I don't yes, know. Yes, 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 um, yes. But I can speak for me in that regard. Like I tried to be pretty, pretty scheduled in terms of, look, this is what you're going to get out of Raj. If you need to talk to him, he's going to come in, he's going to ice, he's going to shower, you know, yeah. roughly 35 minutes. He'll be at the locker getting dressed and, and I'm ready to go. Unless yeah. I, unless I like laid an egg or something like that. Yeah. No, I, you know what? I, I have, and I have no problem with that. Really. I don't as you know, as much as I carp about it, if, if, because I know there's guys that like to lift after games. They like to get on the treadmill for a few minutes to ride the bike or whatever it is. And that's okay. I've always just said, just tell me when to show up. That's all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if yep. it's 40 minutes after the game, I'll be there 40 minutes after the game. If it's two minutes after the game, I'll be there two minutes after the game. Just tell me when yeah. you're ready to talk and I'll yep. be there. <laughs> you know? Right, yep. So I, I'm cool either way. It's, you know, it's just that deadlines do still do matter to some. Absolutely. In some ways. Now, look, know? I'm not, I'm going to keep it a buck. Like, I mean, if we're going to keep it a buck, you guys know this. Like, NBA players are like not unlike most NFL or MLBs or NHLs. Yeah. Like, we're all spoiled. We're all yeah. used to the world revolving around us to some degree. Even right. even me, right. who wasn't a great NBA player. Like in my world, shit revolved around me, bro. I played in the NBA. Right. I walk into right. a restaurant, they give me what they give me what I need. Like I don't wait at a doctor's office. Like I, right. I you know, what the fuck is this airport security? I don't want to go through that shit. Like I right. just want to walk on the plane. And we, you know, like in in that world and in that in that coddling and 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 protective bubble you can start taking other people's shit for granted. Yeah. Mm. You just can. Yeah. Like, and also, like, again, like, we are also in you all space, too, right? Like, we can't, like, if we want to get somebody pregame, we do also got to respect that they got a shooting time. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, and they got a job to do as yeah, well. Yeah. You know, like, it, it is tough. What, DA, what was the KG story? Can you tell us how, why he kept, where, where were you guys? <laughs> he was out getting, and, no, it was a playoff game in Boston. He was just getting treatment after the game or or whatever in the in the cryo chamber. I don't know. Like he was just doing his post game. It's not that was not an outlier. That's just KG. Oh, I know. Like, I know that. Just I know would that have wasn't to wait, out. You know, like <laughs> this was an unusually long wait. Yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> you know, look when you're when you're a star like that. There's there's got to be a you know you have a team in place of people. Yeah. Right. I would just say bounce that shit off of them. Hey, listen, man, is my, am I, you know, this is my routine post game. Does it put these dudes in a real bad way? Or am I like, what, what is the number? What's the number on the clock that I got to get out on, on time to, to, to make it palatable for these people to do their job? Like, yeah. and, and then respect that. Like, if I can't get that done, then maybe I come out and give you what you need before I start my routine. This is, yeah. see, that's where, Roz, see, that's where I would, I've always made this argument to teams and PR people and players is we said well now it's a what is it is it 20 minutes cooling off now I think it's 20 think minutes so. after the game <clears throat> okay so if, if if the locker room opens 20 minutes after the game you could I mean you could run in and get a shower and get dressed or you could wait <laughs> and have you know put a robe on or whatever and sit there 
and answer these five minutes of questions and then you're done. Mm-hmm. And then you can go do your routine. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I can't think of too many post game media sessions that lasted 45 minutes with a player. Like, right. yeah, you just peppered players with questions for 45 minutes and they, they never got to get anything to eat after the game. <laughs> and they never got to take, that doesn't happen. Most right. of the time it's like six minutes. <laughs> you know? Uh, wait, so what about, uh, like, I know Michael Jordan was legendary for like keeping, people waiting like he would have to he would have to be fully suited and he he would have to be ready to go ready ready to go like how long would he take mike was about 20 minutes to half an hour because he would have to get not just get dressed with the suit but he would have to cool off so that his head wasn't he wasn't sweating you know because you didn't want to be there was guys back in the day that would come out and they just, ugh, it was so bad. They just poured yeah. sweat. Locker they rooms were terrible. The, 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 you remember, sorry, you remember the New York Knicks uh, visited locker room? Oh, sure. Bro, yeah, yeah. You took a shower and that shit. Um, you were going to do whatever. You dry, right? You could never dry off. <laughs> right, ever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you remember just, there was a just... King's locker room back in the, remember the King's locker room oh, back yeah, in the day yeah. at Arco no, where it was horrible. just so Some small. Some of the old yeah. buildings were just terrible. The Chicago, old Chicago Stadium visiting locker room was ridiculous, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So he would, he would like literally cool off and then get dressed. So he was like 20, 25, 30 minutes sometimes, you know? Mm. Um, whereas I think Horace, Horace Grant would talk immediately. Scotty was pretty fast if i remember i don't think he was i don't think he waited too too long you know but they had a you know they had phil was always available he's a good talker kerr was a good talker as you know so i mean those those that that locker room was easy you know you just worked the locker room until jordan was ready and he's you know it's always fine (laughs) it was fine all right before we get out of here we got to do our it's thursday so you know what that means you got to do our little segment called real one of the week where we point out a a, a real organization entity or a person that just won the week. I'll go first, and then we'll go to uh, we'll go to uh, Rajan and we'll end with the, with uh, with Da. So I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go. My real one of the week is Devin Booker, who just balled out of control last night, scored 50 and three quarters. Also, really efficient, 20 or 25. Like, dog. yeah, and yeah. like Devin. Everybody who, re, who listens to this pod knows that Devin Booker is one of my favorite players to watch. Right. I love watching him play. I, I hope that he takes his next step in his journey because that will unlock the um, the Phoenix Suns. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Devin Booker. Ra Ra, who's your uh, real one of the week? Yeah. Um, so my real one of the week is going to be Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan mm. Wolverines. Gotcha. Um, I mean, what was it? About a year and a half ago, man, or two years ago, they were calling for this man's job coming out yep. of the pandemic with the season <laughs> and all he's done is is turn it around and get it pointed in the right direction, whooping Ohio State. I'm an Ohio State fan, but without Blake Corum um up there in in at the horseshoe, like that's yeah. a hell of an impressive win, man. Like and JJ McCarthy deserves some love too. The rec- I don't know the receiver's name and the other back, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They they deserve it, man. They were real ones of the week for that, man. Shout out to Michigan football and Coach Harbaugh. Also, yeah, keeping yeah. it college, hey man, give my dog Caleb Williams that Heisman, dog. Stop playing Ooh, USA's yeah. back. Run, run that, <laughs> run that. <laughs> Damn right, oh, man. All right, so you, I need a, re- I need to give a real one. I'm gonna give it to my man. What's my man's name? Christian Polis. What's the Ooh, soccer Pulisic. player? Polisic. Yeah, Polisic. 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 Yeah. My man went growing first to get that goal. That's respect. Mm, yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's my right. My man put it all on the line to get that ball in the net. You know, for that one old dub that they had to have. So I give him. Big respect for putting, literally putting his body on the line 
for his team and his country. Go ahead. Yeah, that's Big the respect, best one. Man. No doubt. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, DA, man, thanks so much for, for coming on. We got to have you coming into the playoffs, man. Friend of the show. Come back Dude, anytime, anytime, bro. Man. Thanks for I'm coming on. You don't man. have to wait that long. Shit, I'll be on next week if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it, man. That was David Aldridge, the God. We'll see you guys on Monday. Make sure you check us out uh, Mondays and Thursdays on the Ringer NBA feed. We lock in with us real ones. We see you, man. Happy holidays. We'll see you guys on Monday. Holla. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.